want to invite the children to come a little bit closer to your screens and join me in our special place here in the sanctuary. I'm glad to be with you this morning. And I want to tell you a story about something that I did when I was four years old. My parents had some friends who came over to visit at our house. And I was kind of a curious child, and I was interested to see what their car looked like from the inside. So while these friends were in the house talking to my parents, I got inside their car and I got in the driver's seat because I'd never been in the driver's seat. And I was playing with the steering wheel and having so much fun. And I saw that there was this stick thing next to the steering wheel. And so I pulled it down and suddenly the car started rolling backwards down the driveway. And I was so scared and I didn't know what to do. And somehow, I don't remember how, because it was a long time ago, but somehow I got the car stopped. And so I ran out of the car and I ran into my room and I hid in the corner of my room. I knew I was gonna be in so much trouble. And I was so scared about what my parents would say and how mad they were gonna be at me. And I just sat there and prayed, oh, please don't find me, please don't find me. I hope no one ever finds me ever again. It wasn't very long until my parents came into my room. I think one of my siblings had seen what happened and were a little bit scared for me that I might get hurt, and so they told my parents. But you know what? When I was sitting there by myself, so scared and so ashamed, I had all these ideas of what my parents were going to do and how terrible it was going to feel. But it really wasn't that bad. I mean, they were upset with me. And they did say that I needed to go in and apologize to the people whose car I had gotten in. But they also hugged me and said it was okay. They knew I was afraid and I was crying and I was upset and I was so sorry. And they hugged me and said, you know, it's okay. We were really just worried that you might be hurt. We're glad you're okay and we love you. I think sometimes we try to hide from God. When we do something that we know is wrong or we have thoughts that we know are unkind, sometimes we just want to hide. We don't want anybody to know that we've done something or that we've thought something. And we really get scared about how other people might feel or how God might treat us. But you know what? God loves us so much that when God comes to us, by the way, we can't hide from God anyway, but whenever we come into God's presence, there is love, always love, and we have nothing to be afraid of. So in this story that we're about to hear, we see Jesus bringing people into the light and setting people free from things like fear and shame, like a loving parent can do. And I'm so grateful that that's how much God loves us. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for reminding us that we have no reason to be afraid, no reason to hide from you, you love us completely, you know us completely, and you will always receive us in loving arms. Help us never to forget that. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much. And I'm excited because it might snow tonight. One of the things I've been enjoying during this time of pandemic is re-watching old episodes of, I'm going to give myself away as a little bit of a geek, Star Trek Voyager. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anybody else a Voyager fan? I want to be Captain Janeway when I grow up. Love that show. And what's made it extra fun now in the 21st century is that I found a podcast of these three really geeky guys who take each episode one at a time and they analyze it and they talk about it and it's just so much fun. One of the things I've learned from this podcast is the term cold open. Have you ever heard of a cold open before? See, everybody knows what that is. I didn't know what that was. So maybe there's someone out there who doesn't know what a cold open is. A television show typically has a cold open. And that's the very first scene that shows, it often comes right on the heels of the previous television show, just the first few minutes before any credits roll, before you know the title of the episode, and the purpose is to grab your attention, to give you a clue about what the episode's gonna be about, what the basic theme and tone are going to be, and to try and make sure that you're gonna sit down on the couch and watch the whole episode. Well, in some ways, the gospel writers each have their own cold open to the story of Jesus. If we think about the cold open as Jesus' first act of public ministry, each of the four gospels has a different scene. In Matthew's gospel, for example, the very first act of public ministry, his first words Jesus speaks are the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew wants people to know that Jesus is a teacher, an interpreter of the Torah. In Luke's gospel, his first public act is to go into the synagogue of his hometown and to say these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, Luke wants us to know that Jesus coming on the scene is a great reversal, lifting up the lowly and bringing down the haughty. In John's gospel, Jesus' first public act is a miracle at a wedding when he turns water into wine to keep the party going. In a very symbolic way, John wants to show us that Jesus is the God of abundance bringing new life, new wine into old wineskins. So, we are now in the Gospel of Mark. What is Mark's cold open? What does Mark tell us is Jesus' first public act of ministry? We've just heard the story together, and it's a doozy. Jesus goes into the synagogue in Capernaum, And while he is speaking and teaching, a man comes in with an unclean spirit and begins shouting at Jesus, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. You've come to destroy us. And Jesus' first words spoken in the Gospel of Mark are, be silent and come out of him. Wow. 
If this is Mark's cold open, give me a bowl of popcorn. I'm sitting down on the couch and watching the whole thing. I'm going to binge watch the Gospel of Mark. It's an exciting and somewhat disturbing beginning to the story of Jesus' ministry. And what exactly is it that Mark's trying to tell us about who Jesus is? It's really important. He chose this story for a reason, to start his narrative. On the one hand, even on the first reading, it seems clear that Mark wants to announce to us that Jesus is the cosmic Christ, that not only is he among us to heal the sick and lift up the lowly, but he is there to vanquish evil. There is a cosmic battle going on between good and evil, and Jesus is the victor already. With power and authority, he can cast out evil spirits and cast out demons. But if we just stay at that level of reading and that level of the story, we might find it a little bit hard to relate to. I mean, I've never had an experience like that in church, have you? And in the 21st century, many of us don't frame things in terms of, of demons and evil spirits and demon possession. I mean, I know there were some movies back in the 70s around that, but I always found those scary and and hard to relate to anyway. But if we take this story and circle back around and read it again and again, we might find it a little more relatable than we did at first. Maybe even digging into the, the Greek will give us a clue or two. My first imagining of this story is that everybody's in the synagogue, it's a normal Sabbath day, they're all worshiping, and then off the street runs in this wild man foaming at the mouth with hair everywhere shouting at Jesus. But maybe that's not exactly the way it happened. It may be. But it says in the Greek that there was in their midst a man in an unclean spirit. What if the man was, was already part of them, was part of the congregation? What if he was there Sabbath day after Sabbath day? It was just part of the normal routine that he would be there. And it says that he was in an unclean spirit. One of the commentaries I read offered an image that I found really compelling, as if this man is in a cage He is bound by this unclean spirit, this this something that is a barrier between him and God, perhaps a barrier between him and the community, something that has a hold on him that is not of God. And suddenly that opens a door for us to see unclean spirits in a different way not just as a demon with horns and a pitchfork, but as those things in our own lives that might have a hold on us. Perhaps an addiction of some sort, perhaps a spirit of, of resentment and bitterness, perhaps anger and rage, maybe fear or shame those more ordinary 
unclean spirits that I would say most of us carry around with us every day that keep us bound, keep our hands tied, keep us from trusting God and trusting one another, loving God and loving one another, or loving ourselves. And if we begin to see this story through that lens, so that perhaps every person in that synagogue was bound in some way by an unclean spirit, then we can see that what Mark wants us to know is that Jesus Christ is a liberator. That Jesus comes into the synagogue and shines light, exposing all of the unclean spirits that bind each person there. And that he has the power and the authority to set them free. What might that look like for you and for me? What might it look like first to allow our unclean spirits to be brought into the light? To allow the truth of Christ, the penetrating gaze of Christ, the compassionate heart of Christ to shine upon us, to search us and know our hearts. What would Christ see in looking into our spirits? This past week, on Wednesday night, I participated in the class March Towards Freedom that Stacy and Brandon have put together. Our teacher on Wednesday night was my advisor from seminary, one of the beloved mentors of my life, Dr. Luther Smith. And he was talking about the theology of Howard Thurman and how Howard Thurman talks about Jesus as dangerous. Jesus is dangerous because he has the power to expose. He comes with the power of truth to expose all of the lies that we tell ourselves, to expose all of that fear and all of that shame and all of the anger and bitterness, whatever it is that binds us, in his presence it is exposed. And sometimes we don't want to see it and we don't want others to see it. Not only that, but Jesus is a danger to the church. The light of Jesus has the power to expose the attitudes of competition and jealousy and unhealthy nostalgia and all of those things that might plague the church. Jesus has the power to expose the unclean spirits in our culture, that spirit of divisiveness and suspicion and lack of trust and anger and even hatred that seems to have increased in recent years. I was noticing the other day as I was driving down the street how many angry bumper stickers are out there. Back off, said one bumper sticker. Slow down, I'm reloading, said another. Don't tread on me. Just anger being spewed out into the world. Perhaps we might see it as people of faith as an unclean spirit that's plaguing us holding us hostage, keeping us from loving one another, binding us, and keeping us enslaved. 
and apart from God. But here we see in this very first cold open of Mark's gospel, a Messiah who steps out on the public stage and rebukes the unclean spirits, sends them out. He is the one with the power to set us free. Now the unclean spirit in that man did not go easily. It took a while for it to part. It convulsed the man as he thrashed around on the floor of the synagogue, but it released him eventually. And so it may be with us. It may take time and work and attention for us to allow Jesus to expel those spirits from us. But we must never lose trust that he has the power to do so. A couple of weeks ago, I heard an interview with Tara Brock, who's a teacher of mindfulness and meditation. And she was talking about a client of hers who really struggled with rage. He was an executive in a company, and he was well-known throughout that company for flying off the handle. And people were scared of him. People didn't like him. He caused a lot of pain in the lives of others. And at some point, he realized he was causing a lot of pain for himself. His anger was getting in the way of his happiness, his relationships with his colleagues, with his family, with himself. And so he worked with Tara Brock on mindfulness and prayer to begin to notice this anger within him. And I believe through those prayers, he was bringing himself into the presence of Christ, allowing Christ to expose this unclean spirit within him. She told the story that one day a colleague of his, an employee of his, came into his office with fear and trembling because he was behind on his project. And so he told his boss, I'm sorry, I'm behind on this project. And the man, as he sat behind the desk, felt the rage rising within him and he wanted more than anything to fly off the handle and let it out at this man. But he took a few deep breaths, the discipline he'd been practicing through prayer, And instead, he chose a different response. He said, I know you're a hard worker. I know you're doing the best you can. It's okay. And the man in his office burst into tears. And he said, I've been afraid to tell you this, but three weeks ago, my wife was diagnosed with stage four bone cancer, and I just can't focus on my work right now. And the boss stood up, went around his desk, and embraced the man, and they cried together. And in reflecting on that experience, the man told Tara Brock, you know, I I would never have known he was in that pain if I hadn't released the anger. That's what Christ can do for us in our lives. These unclean spirits are that ordinary and that daily most of the time. 
And while I'd like to, to spend most of the time talking about the unclean spirits and other people and out in the world and out in the culture, what I hear in this story today is an invitation to allow Jesus to step into the synagogue of my heart to gaze upon me with the eyes of truth and love and compassion. To help me see any unclean spirit that might be within me, that might have a hold on me. And to trust that through his power and his authority, he can set me free. If we're going to be partners with Jesus in transforming this world, my friends, it starts right here. Thanks be to God.